1: It's time now to go beyond the headlines, and for the next two hours, go where every sports fan wants to go. Behind the scenes and into the practice facilities, locker rooms, coaches' offices, and press boxes to get the info before anyone else. This is the ESPN 1320 Insiders.
4: Yeah, it is. Good morning, everybody. Hello. Hello. I'm Kyle. He's James. James. And we're gonna hang out with you until noon, and then D-Lo and KC will come in and do a do a real radio show. Okay, this is an exciting day, though. I wanna I, we'll, we'll talk Kings. I, I there's man, I have so much to get to that is directly like James doing stuff. Oh, and it's not Kings related, Jake. You of course are the Kings guy, the Kings beat, Kingsbeat.com. Subscribe today and down download the Kings beat podcast wherever you get your podcast. but. You have done two things for me. You have given me two gifts. (laughs) And it's really, really nice of you to do these things for me. Um, The first thing happened last night. I was sitting there and I was doing one of my various additional uh, responsibilities, media responsibilities, Niners Wire, Candlestick Chronicles, whatever I was doing. Okay. And I get a text from you that says... I am watching the NFL Combine, and I got to tell (laughs) you, and then you said, which is just great, which is just like, hey, watching the Combine, getting dialed in, love that for you, love that for me, love that for the show, and then you said my favorite words that as a producer, a host could say to me, as a host, the co-host could say to me. You said, I have thoughts. <laughs> and, buddy, I cannot wait to get your NFL Combine thoughts right now.
2: Okay, so let me set the stage. Let Please. me set the sta- stage.
4: I'm so fired up.
2: I ended up going to Bennett's, uh, but the new Bennett's location off a of Lone Tree. Shout out to Bennett's. Shout out to Brian Bennett, who came over and hung out and, and said hi. Uh, so... Again, Bennett's, you might want to sponsor the show. We love Bennett's. We were there. Maybe a segment. Uh, yeah, a segment of the show. Yeah, sure. We could talk about all kinds of things.
4: Purple and black pregame show.
2: Their happy hour is off the hook. Just so you know, it's off the hook. Like mm-hmm. I, it was so impressive, and for a like today's day and age where everything is so expensive, it was actually affordable. I'm like, well, this is really nice. So,
4: dude, they're not. Keep in mind, like I'm saying, Bennett's is not paying us to say this. No, not at all. I have never had i've had bennett's probably three times so i'm not like the authority on it Mm -hmm. every time i've been it's been delicious i've never had the same thing twice it has been catered to this place and i've been there to the restaurant and it's been unbelievable food every time every time when i'm driving in i pass it the one right here near the station i pass it and i always go i need to go to bennett's more often
2: i i always feel the same way their french dip for lunch is
4: just so you love the french dip it is phenomenal and i bring fries to the guys Anyway, I'm sitting at Bennett's. You can, you know the fries are good because Damian Barling, the we'll peak them. of physical fitness, just <laughs> demolishes them. He does. Like, man. Okay, go on. He feels bad. I, I, he
2: does feel it's like guilty pleasure, but he has to. He I, has yeah, to eat you that. have to. Okay, so I'm sitting there in Bennett's. My wife is to my, my left. We're, we're there with another couple. Right over the head of the other couple is a giant TV, and on the giant TV is the NFL Combine, mm-hmm. and it's defensive lineman day.
4: yes. Okay. Maybe my
2: favorite day. It was it was pretty amazing. Like some of these, there was a dude who ran like a four four eight forty at like six four and seven eight
4: six four. So yeah, go on with and like two hundred and seventy three pounds or something. So it's Chop Robinson. Okay, a defensive end from Penn State. He's 6'3", 258, eight two fifty four. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he was lighter. That's yeah. right. So six three. He is the first player to run a sub 5 four forty at 250-plus since Vernon Davis. Wow. And he plays defensive end. I was watching, I'm like, holy cow. And then I watched
2: a lot of the other defensive linemen, and, mm-hmm. like, I find it, because you've said this, oh, you watch a combine, you can't really learn anything, you should know everything you know, right? Yeah.
4: It's impossible <sighs> not to be intoxicated.
2: But it's, it's <laughs> like, I am somebody who watches for, like, Body mechanics. Yes, and and, and I'm watching it. I'm like, okay. I watch a guy stand straight up in his in his forty time. He goes. Yeah. He goes to bust out of it. Like he he's ready to hit the the ground running for his forty. His first thing he does is stand straight up. Boom. Brutal. Five five flat. I I know you're running a five flat. Like Brutal. you're five plus. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like like the basics of some of these guys that haven't been really coached and worked with. Yeah. Like a high end, you know. And then they had the drill where they have the the like big giant pads on the ground and you got to go one way another way. And then you got to come back and the guy's like waving you go this way, go this way and then fly out to the outside and you're watching. And there's like three guys who have been in line watching the other guys do the drill. They've all been watching. They're all waiting for their turn. When it's their turn, they run out there and they get on the ground fast and then they don't know how to do the drill. And it's for me (laughs) as someone who coach young players in like soccer, I'm like, yeah, this is so frustrating. This is, so, you knew, like, mm-hmm. you were like the eighth person in line. You knew what the drill was. You watched everybody else do the drill. Or maybe you didn't, and you're just
4: sitting there, and to me, that's another red flag. It's like, oh, look. That that in itself is so much more valuable than a 40-time to me. It is. Like, that just by itself you don't know how to do this drill, you've been standing there watching. That's a problem. That's a problem. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And then they got to start the drill up. We're going to start the drill over. Yeah. Like, wait, what? Yeah. So I, I thought it was interesting because you can see again the guys who have worked with high end trainers yep. building up to it. Yep. Which is the NBA combine too. You know, you yeah. get the, the crazy, crazy combine guys. Mm-hmm. They come in, you're like, what in the world? And then they last like two years in the league because. Yeah. They just worked on their combine numbers. Yeah, they didn't
4: work on their game at all.
2: Yeah, or they don't really have game, but they, <laughs> they jump can jump high. Yeah. Like or their their shuttle drill is really fast.
4: Yeah. You're like, okay, you're you can sprint in the three quarter court. <laughs> if you get out on the break and you need to throw a lob, that's your guy. Yeah, yeah. I always <laughs> like the like the
2: the greatest combine story of all time in my book is um you know, if you you want to be seven foot tall, right? Of course. So if, if you're a big guy, or if you're, God, a, I would take
4: five eleven. <laughs> okay.
2: <laughs> uh, if you're a um like a six foot six guy, mm. you know you go and find the like fattest shoes of all time, so you can you right. know wear two inch heels. Right. So all of a sudden you're a six nine guy right. going to the draft. If you're a six foot like ten, six foot eleven guy, you're like, man, if I can be a seven footer. It's gonna go down yeah. like, oh, he's a legit seven footer. Yeah. Hassan Whiteside. Oh no. In his in his combine measurements wore flip flops and came in at six eleven and three quarters. And to me, that is everything you ever needed to know about Hassan Whiteside. Everything. Everything. Six eleven and three quarters because he wore flip flops into the measurement room.
4: Instead of
2: Instead of a, cowboy boots, a a shoe with a one inch heel or an inch and a quarter. Can you
4: imagine how Hassan Whiteside's career would have gone if he measured in at like seven two? <laughs> yes. Yeah, Man. and you know,
2: okay, and, and in that draft, that's uh, so tough. He has a seven foot nine wingspan. Oh, God, and the, it's him and cousins. Cousins had a seven eight wingspan. Yeah, but two guys that are totally built different. Yeah, mm-hmm. the whole thing was like it was crazy. And then watching Hassan gained 40 pounds in his first off season of sheer muscle. And he tells us that his dad was a defensive lineman for the Vikings, which I had no idea. And his dad played at like two You're like, Oh, okay. Yoked. <laughs> and then he would come over and flex in front of the, the one way glass that he yeah. thought nothing was behind, but it was really all the media standing there. Hilarious. He would go over and flex. And like, you could tell he'd been working out and uh, yeah, that was like, that's one of many or two of many, many Hassan Whiteside stories. I some can't. of them are not
4: for That's air. a good summer show. Just the Hassan Whiteside show. Or an off the... Yeah, I may have told <laughs> some of these on Off the Records with the King's Beat. Yeah. So it's Employee Appreciation Day here at Odyssey. And you can tell because when you walk in, there's a sign hanging up that says, we appreciate you. It's like, thank you. Yeah. I now know how Kenny and D'Lo feel. <laughs> I know exactly because they do the midday, right? They do noon to four. And when you're in the midday, I did middays uh, my entire time at 95.7, three different shows, but Mm -hmm. I was uh, middays the the entire way. And when you're in middays, you get hosed on things like employee appreciation day because your show is the window that food is here and then food is gone. That's right. And by the time you get done, like they bring breakfast to everybody. And by the time you get done, you go and there's like half a soggy waffle and it's some very pick through it is very bad and then the fruit that nobody wants the it's, fruit that nobody it. wants and then the
2: the small pieces of scrambled eggs the, yes the little ones that fall off yes. to the side not yes. the not the regular
4: size stuff yeah that you straight yeah you that you cannot that you know. can't really pick up with a plastic fork right
2: you're like this is miserable
4: so it's employee appreciation day today so they brought breakfast for everybody and they was supposed to get here like 10 minutes before the show starts and that's what happened last time when they they all the managers cooked for us. Oh, yeah. It was that's really true. cool. Yeah. And you went in, and you told them what you wanted, and you sat down, and they brought it to you. It was like a restaurant. And that was 10 minutes before the show. We got our stuff, and we were able to eat it like during the show, kind of throughout the show. Yep. Uh, today, naturally, right as the show starts, I see them walk in with the food. And it's all sitting there, and people just going to town right now. I'm crossing my fingers for a croissant. Okay. If there's a croissant left, I'll be thrilled. We might have to have you
2: run out and out for
4: us oh that's the break. that's happening i'll run out there i'll do a quick run through then you can run out there and do or we can go vice versa i don't really feel appreciated because normally like i <laughs> typically
2: i will go and get food for damien and kenny yeah or for right jesse nobody seems to be appreciating nobody. us even though we are the the vibes guy who this brought, is, we are donut friday incarnate we have
4: provided so much food for everybody here oh yeah and not a single person. Hey, you guys want anything? You can stand in the window right here. You don't even have to come into any studios. You can be like, hey, do you want, you guys want food? You want to eat? You want to eat? And like, yeah, I would love to. <laughs> no, no, Kyle. They, but know, I, they, they break it 10. They break it 13. We're good. I did get uh, my 30 Odyssey points this morning. I did too. I, I'm I'm, so halfway, ex- I'm halfway to an Odyssey
2: backpack. I'm so excited. I want Kyle to get the clear fanny pack, the plastic clear
4: fanny pack. <laughs> that, but you should just get the backpack. The, so, the thing with the cl- plastic clear fanny pack is I'm a weirdo. I don't use it. I'd be like, this, has, oh, I know this, you, is, this yeah. is practical. <laughs> I don't <laughs> I have to fill my pockets. Plus, you could take a clear fanny pack into like a stadium. Oh, that's a good point. Because they can see inside. That's a good point. Yeah. Mm. So. Now it's got double use. Now it's not just a bit. At the at the station now, I can actually. Use- I just keep funneling. I'm going to keep funneling my points every no, month to Kyle. Is, and, no, this is really good
2: until <laughs> so you get up to 240 points, and you'll it is get that
4: 240 points.
2: Both the backpack and the fanny pack are like 240. Oh, uh, yeah.
4: Oh, maybe it was how many? No, I thought I I thought I saw it, it was 160, 167. Oh, maybe. Maybe that's how many points away I am. Oh, that's possible. That would be a messed up way to price things. <laughs> If you're like, oh, yeah, you want a new laptop, you are, let's see, $828 away. I, all right. All I'll
2: tell you is Thanks. that uh, I'm super excited about the 30 points I got today, and I don't want to talk about that 10 points that I got earlier this year for Ooh. something else that I did. Yeah. That uh, Shout
4: out to our friends at Jiffy Loop.
2: Maybe uh, was worth more than 10 points. Just, <laughs> just saying, Kyle. <laughs>
4: all right we got a break right we we do we do Uh, (laughs) we have a king's jersey to give away today Ooh, we're doing that courtesy of jiffy lube jiffy lube we'll be doing that i have the second gift that you gave me that we need to talk about at some point as well okay we also have to get into the king's play tonight uh the kings are at the timberwolves and I really want to have some conversations about some of their guys, Rudy Gobert, Carl Anthony Towns, but I'm afraid if I do that, they're going to combine for like 40, 30, and 20. Mm-hmm. So we'll figure out how to how to navigate that. But I would really like to have some conversations about those dudes. Uh, Kings Timberwolves, James Gift to me. We're giving away a Kings jersey. Tons of stuff going on today on The Insiders. We're hanging out with you till noon on ESPN 1320. <sighs>
1: You're listening to The Insiders with James Hamm and Kyle Madsen. Sponsored by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320 and 98.5 HD2. Sacramento's sports leader. Now, back to The Insiders with James Hamm and Kyle Madsen. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320.
4: He's James. I'm Kyle. They're the Sacramento Kings. They are in Minnesota taking on the Timberwolves tonight. Sacramento looking to win that season series. That is all knotted up at one apiece. What I want to know
0: is I how did they break? You guys, James, go get your breakfast. Go on, James. Go get your breakfast.
4: What go I want to know is. All right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Hey, I was trying to do our go, thing. That I was go, go, trying go to do our record. thing. Go, go get your it. <laughs> all right. I'm going. <laughs> We're feeling very appreciated now. Thank you, Charlie. This is so great. Uh, Charlie uh, Maloney, everybody. If you want to check him out, <laughs> YouTube.com/slash ESPN1320, Twitch.tv/slash ESPN1320. Is this your debut on the stream? Uh, I on our show, it definitely.
0: Yes, is. yes, it is. Yes yeah, it on is. the
4: stream. Yeah. yeah. Uh, how's it going, man? Hey, y- y- did it's you good. get some
0: Cracker Barrel? Uh, not yet. I will. I will. Oh, well, I mean, I don't. I, no, I appreciate you. You go. No, 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 no! I, I got, I, I've got like two hours to graze, so
4: it's not an issue. <laughs> uh, have you been to Cracker Barrel before, dude?
0: I grew up in Ohio.
4: That's what I. Okay, so that's what I was gonna ask. I guess my my phrasing should have been: How many times have you been to Cracker Barrel?
0: <laughs> I, I almost almost as many days as I've been alive. Okay, so I mean, if I stopped going to Cracker Barrel, the the, the corporation would collapse. <laughs> Because because here's the deal, You're keeping I, them open. I, I go to Cracker Barrel with my wife, and the and she, she eats very quickly there, and then mm-hmm. goes to the goes to shop mm-hmm. in the gift store. And oh, I love the gifts. I, I quietly get to just go to ESPN and to Fox Sports and to sports to sports and- So
4: you and your wife go on a date to hang out alone exactly that is remarkable where's my applause that is a thr- great <laughs> i mean come on
0: and then and then after- that's
4: a great vibe i love that and,
0: and then afterwards we jump in the car and a lot of times we go to a movie or we'll go Pick up uh, cheesecake at the cheesecake factory or something. I'm taking
4: like that. notes. So this is yeah. great.
0: And, and we, you know, I mean, it must be working because we're coming up on our 46th anniversary this year. So. Wow! Holy <laughs>
4: smoke! <laughs> I'm uh, my wife and I, right there. We're coming up on two.
0: Okay. So well, yeah. hey, Ben. <laughs> the locomotive is well picking on up our, steam. Way. Well <laughs> on our way.
4: Well our way. Cracker Barrel dates, apparently the uh, apparently the new
0: move. Yep. It, All right. It is good.
4: Uh, charlie sitting in for james it's a boy appreciation day so james is out picking up his breakfast it looks like he got a loaded plate i love that i love that for him i didn't bring lunch today so i'm really glad that there's i forgot there was breakfast i didn't bring lunch because i got a jet like pretty quick after the show fyi
0: Um. well see and i didn't have my bagel this morning because it's donut day oh yeah and so i'm listening to you guys coming in and then i hear it's breakfast day and i'm going but then i hear that you guys aren't yeah, no breakfast, And so I'm going, no, 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 no. I can't stand so, food. So there we go. If you need refills, the, flag me yeah, down. Charlie, and we'll bacon. Get you. <laughs> go get
4: yourself something to eat. I anyway, will. Uh, All right. We definitely appreciate See you. you later. Thanks, Charlie. He's the best. There he goes. Charlie Maloney, everybody. Second day in a row. We're gonna have to start paying him if he comes on a third day. Uh oh. What'd you get? Oh, he just took my phone. Hang on. That's hilarious. Charlie's gonna start breaking King's news. Charlie, come back! He's got James' phone. James is the kind of person who's plugged in that when his phone disappears, it's a problem. Like it's a real problem. It could be an issue if if the wrong person gets a hold of James' phone. Maybe I said you're the kind of person that's that's the kind of plugged in that like if the wrong person got a hold of your phone, it could be a problem. Now I'm gonna have to worry about that all the
2: time. People are gonna be like, "If I could only get my hands on James' James' phone." (laughs) But then I'd also like, like they'd have to get it open and all yeah. that stuff. I yeah. don't know. I'd worry. Like, at least it doesn't have the thumbprint that someone would, like, try to get my thumb. Right. That would be not good.
4: <laughs> what was I watching where they did that? They went to a... per. Oh, they were... Uh, was it Follow the House of Usher? Oh, I don't know. I think know. they did that, where the husband's trying to get into the wife's phone and she's in a coma. And so he, like, while she's in a coma, like, opens her eye. So, yeah, it's a... <laughs> Wild, I think that's how it went I think I was watching some oh oh no it's 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 uh uh the house of Sun. oh, yes, the Brother Sun. yeah, the brother soon, yeah. yes that's they're going through
2: all the thumbs yes, there and were she... a lot of extra thumbs
4: yeah the the, the agent <laughs> goes and gets the thumb to get into the phone. that's exactly what it was, although I feel like it happened to follow the House of usher too the Brother soon very, very good show
2: there is uh out out in there there there's probably fourteen pounds of bacon
4: there is so much bacon. I usually am like, I didn't, I only grabbed a couple pieces of bacon because that to me is the right amount of bacon to have like a, to not, it's just in my brain, I go two pieces of bacon is a one. That's well, you're being bacon. like conscientious to everyone else. R- and yes, th- thank you. That right. Con- th- th- right. Yeah. I'm trying to keep other people in mind. There are just buckets of bacon over there.
2: Yeah. Right now I could go make a BLT with like 42
4: Straight pieces up. of bacon. You could like, do BLT with like bread wrapped in bacon. Yes.
2: Yes. Absolutely. Spectacular
4: really really good shout out to shout out to Cracker Barrel okay so we're gonna rearrange some things yeah things have I'm gonna, gone gonna a little talk sideways. About, I'm gonna talk about the 2nd sec- we're gonna get to the Kings today guys I swear <laughs> to Bob I'm I'm definitely worried though is this about, the moment we talk about blue lips yeah uh, that's what I was going to say oh okay. I, I your second gift to me okay I love schoolboy Q okay he's one of my favorite rappers Um, I, if you don't, I I don't know if I've told this story or not, but I had heard like all of his hits off oxymoron, but I had never listened to oxymoron all the way through. And I finally decided to do that one day and was just blown away because it's a great album. And then a short while later, blank face came out, his second album and loved blank face. I still do. It's, it's, it's an all timer for me. Well, then he had another album come out called crash talk and crash talk is like way out of left field. It is way over here. It stinks. I was very disappointed with it. Okay. So, Blue Lips comes out today. Listen to it on the way in. I was very thrilled with it. It is... Uh, the production is great. Uh, some of the features are great. I really, really enjoyed the album. It is it is right up there with Oxymoron, right up there with Blankface. Uh, I haven't gotten enough listens to decide if it's better than those two yet, but I loved it. And then I said, I'm going to talk about this on the radio today. Just because. And, insta- and instead of leaving you out in the cold... Mm-hmm. Instead of being like James, here's a thing that happened, and you're like, I don't care, like what you did. I don't. T- sure, I was like, can you listen to some of this for me? I would okay. love, I would love it if you would listen to this, and I just want your your thoughts, opinions. And you got, I think you said six songs in. You listened to it on the way in. I did. I got six songs
2: in. Thoughts. Um. Okay, so, uh, blue slides. Yep, I enjoyed. Yep, that's it. it. A and, more upbeat one, and I think it's Lovebirds, and those are the two that he uses other music, like yeah, examples, yeah, of mm-hmm. older music, mm-hmm. and then and then starts doing his stuff. Yeah, I was down with those, and I, I thought they're like really cool, and and I like the arrangement, and I thought it was creative. The rest of it is tough because I don't listen to that type of music. Yes, and I can't get past the n word every two seconds sure that's something like and i'm so outside of that like i don't know like i i enjoyed like the beats and like sure like the arrangement and Mm -hmm. stuff but i preferred the other stuff where he was just kind of riffing without going there the whole time sure
4: that's understandable Yeah, my wife's the same way with music and that's why so i ordered blue lips on vinyl i just pre-ordered it i took a leap of faith that it'd be better than crash talk and um, I know that's one. It's, I have a couple like that where I can't, I, I just don't play those when she because she's the same way. She's like, I just, it's not my bag. Yeah. That's yeah, fine. And it's not like you can skip when you got vinyl, right? You gotta when like literally just, like pick up the needle. And it, move it. You're just letting it rip. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad. Uh, I, I thank you. I know it I, I I had a very strong feeling it wasn't going to be your favorite thing, but I appreciate that you listened so oh, we yeah. could we could discuss it on the radio. I had a really Please. short drive into work today. Yeah, yeah. we stayed oh, down here, right. we stayed down here in Rockland
2: so it was only was that like
4: that to stay out of the inclement weather? Well, we didn't want to go back
2: late, sure. you know, and and drive through maybe what could be bad weather. I don't know. I, like the the boys, well my my youngest had school today, so it's not oh. like it snowed enough that that they're going to have a problem. I I don't know what the weather looks like right now at home, but uh,
4: yeah. Yeah. All right. We'll have Kings-Timberwolves next, I swear. You swear? I promise. Uh, okay. That's what's going to happen next. Charlie will barge in again, or or someone will. <laughs> something something like that. Something like that's going to happen. Uh, we will talk about the Kings. We will talk about the Timberwolves. And we have to, at some point, talk about Rudy Gobert and Karl-Anthony Towns because I feel like they're pretty polarizing players in a different way. Like, we talked about Jamal Murray the other day. And and Cat and, and Gobert are different polarizing in different ways than Jamal Murray. Like I think everybody is consensus is Jamal Murray is really good but he gets rated higher on things like NBA rankings because of how he does in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. With Towns and Gobert, I have questions about them as pieces of like a title team. And that's where that's kind of what I want to dig into, but I'm scared to do that. Because if we talk about Rudy Gobert and Karl-Anthony Towns in any way that's not like wow, what a duo, David Robinson and Tim Duncan reincarnate watch out if we don't if we do anything below that they're gonna torch the kings tonight for 60 combined points no totally that's why you have to fear that i have to i want to have a real conversation but i'm also terrified of jinxing the kings because i am a superstitious weirdo and i don't want to get blamed for this stuff anymore i stay at games they lose my fault talk about jamal murray on the radio he goes for 32 in a a nuggets win my fault
2: there it is i do believe all of this is your fault i know i do your jinx
4: go to go to shoot around mike 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 stop running on those defensive adjustments we got it (laughs) we got it we fired kyle (laughs) we
2: just need to start doing reverse jinxes we
4: gotta uh, we gotta think our way around this kyle i don't see anyway okay i got you i don't see any way the timberwolves don't win the championship this year no of course Anthony towns rudy gobert mvp candidates anthony edwards will they split the vote kyle Oh, maybe three-way MVP over yeah. there. Jaden McDaniels, I mean, future MVP. Future uh, Defensive
2: Player of the Year candidate. That's a great, yeah. It's and a, maybe Rudy uh, Gobert is a Defensive Player of the Year candidate. maybe co- they will defensive do what they, Player of the Year.
4: Maybe they'll do what the Kings did last year where they sweep every single award. Is cringe, Is Chris Finch the greatest NBA head coach of all time? I believe he is. I think is. he's in the conversation. I believe he is. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have Kings Timberwolves for you next on ESPN 1320.
1: Call from mom. Answer it.
0: Post your free job on linkedin.com/slash recommend today.
4: All right, he's James. I'm Kyle. And we're going to do a radio show about the Sacramento Kings and the Minnesota Timberwolves. That game takes place tonight. In Minnesota, the Kings looking to win that season series. Uh, They've split the first two. The Kings won their first game back in Minnesota uh, to to cap a long road trip. One of their most impressive wins of the year. They went in uh, to Minnesota and won that one one twenty four to one eleven. Uh, De'Aaron Fox had a huge night that night thirty six points, seven boards, twelve assists. Sacramento shot seventeen of thirty five from beyond the arc the bench combined for 45 points in that one. Kessler Edwards added 10 and Timberwolves just 25 points off the bench. Is that something that Kings can even replicate at this point? Like that game feels like a million years ago. That's
2: an interesting question, Kyle, because I'm not sure that they can. I... This, this doesn't feel like that team anymore. Um, the offense just isn't flowing and running like it was. Uh, but then again, this team has been that way the whole season where it's, they're so hot and cold. You have no idea when they're going to turn it on, when they're going to be like a world beater and when they're not. And yeah. that was part of the end season tournament. That first game, they did lose the next matchup against Minnesota, um, you know, one ten and 98. Mm-hmm. I think there's something about Minnesota that we always bring up. It's this long athletic, you know, the Kings are, they really struggle with that type of team. But, I kind of there there's a certain thing about Minnesota that I I disagree with a little bit when it comes to all that okay they're long they're athletic but they're not physical and Mm -hmm. so you know they Carl Anthony Towns can be like he can drop 30 on you with no problem but Mm -hmm. a lot of times it feels like it's a soft 30 yeah you know and Rudy Gobert you know he does battle uh DeMontis Sabonis but same time DeMontis Sabonis seems to be just fine playing against him and they, they have length and athleticism that matters, but they also just don't have that physicality that you you fear. And that's why I I don't believe that Minnesota is probably going to be a high-end playoff team once they get there. Yeah, They just aren't quite there as a team yet, and some of the pieces that they rely on heavily aren't there as players and, and probably won't be there as players.
4: Yeah, that's a little bit where where I am too. I really like what Minnesota has done and and is doing. Mm-hmm. I frankly w- punted on them because I don't. I I did not believe that the Carl Anthony Towns Rudy Gobert thing was going to work.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Uh, Jaden McDaniels has taken a has taken a leap. Excuse me. Um, and and Anthony Edwards is is awesome, but. I mean, to what to what end, right? But yeah, he looks to be trending in the direction of being a a one A type of player where he can be the number one on a title team. But to your point, we talk about this with the Kings a lot, right? They need some dogs, man. Mm-hmm. They need somebody who's going to set that tone physically, whether it's offensively, whether it's defensively. Like Jalen Brunson with the Knicks is not a super physical, awesome defender but offensively you're going to feel him like he's going to be, he's going to be physical in that way. He's going to attack. And, and you're, I, I don't, I don't feel like Minnesota has that player outside of Anthony Edwards. And, Ant is, is, is that's, that's great. But when so much of your foundation is Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns is these two bigs that I don't going into a playoff series, I don't fear them. I don't, I don't fear that Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert are going to be awesome for seven games. There's I this, Hmm. I think you know that they're going to put up numbers, but you don't know
2: what that, how big of an impact that's going to have. So what I, I will point out that the two games this season, the Kings, when they beat Minnesota in Minnesota, Jade McDaniels play, uh, did not play. Mm -hmm. And then when Minnesota beat the Kings in Sacramento, Jade McDaniels did play. And McDaniels is a sneaky crucial piece to what they're doing. Yeah. So he he put up twenty points, four steals, uh, five rebounds against the Kings and he played almost forty one minutes. Jeez. The difference between them with him and without is that if if he's out on the court and he's defending De'Aaron Fox, that's a really, really long, crazy athlete that Mm -hmm. that causes problems. And uh I think that Fox can figure it out, but, you know, again he he wasn't great against them in the second game. He scored twenty seven points, but again, it was during a time where that's what he's doing every game. Uh, but he turned the ball over three times. He just wasn't as impactful. Mm-hmm. And we don't know if Fox is gonna play or not tonight mm-hmm. because of injury, but at the same time, if if Fox isn't there, McDaniels is now gonna be free to roam and probably defend Keegan Murray. Yeah. And then life becomes really difficult for the Kings.
4: Yeah. So. Yeah. And that's with no De'Aaron Fox, Keegan has to be the guy. Oh no, totally. He has to be next up. And we we saw that against Denver. Early on, Keegan was the guy. who was stepping up and then he didn't. If if you're not getting, and this is where this is where the Timberwolves become really dangerous, is if you're not providing any offensive punch, they they they're not a great offensive team, Mm-mm. but they are good enough that if you're not if you're not putting pressure on them on that side on that side of the ball, they're just going to eat you alive. And that's where my worry comes in for Sacramento is man, De'Aaron Fox not on the court, we know it's not Davion Mitchell, we know it's not Keon Ellis. It's going to be Malik Monk at you know when when he is on the floor. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, I don't have enough faith in in Keegan Murray that when presented with that kind of challenge, he's going to be like, "Yep, all right, here we go." I'm stepping up to this. I am going to be the dude tonight. No, De'Aaron here. Fine. It's the Keegan Murray show. I don't. I haven't. I haven't seen that. I, maybe he will be, and maybe we see it tonight. But I don't. I don't have. Even if De'Aaron was on the floor, you want to see more of that from Keegan. I just we we haven't seen it yet to where I'm going. Yeah. Hey, they'll be they'll be fine. That's a challenge that he's going to step up to. Well, and Kyle, this is the important
2: aspect that I think that people need to understand. If Keegan Murray does become that player, let's say that Fox does play tonight, mm-hmm. and the way that this game would start is that they're going to put Jade McDaniel's on Fox to start the game, right? They're not going to put Mike Conley on him. They're not going to put Ant Man. Maybe they'd put Ant Man on him for a few minutes, mm-hmm. but they're they're like historically they put Jade McDaniel's on Fox, mm-hmm. and we're talking about a six foot nine, like rangy defender, the guy that we keep talking about that the Kings need. That's when Keegan Murray should shine because that means that somebody else is going to be defending him. Yes. Whether it's Connolly, whether it's Anthony Edwards, it doesn't matter. He's got a huge height advantage. He needs to cook, mm-hmm. right? If he can start cooking, then they would have to take Jade McDaniels and move him over, and then De'Aaron Fox can cook. And mm-hmm. that's sort of how this team should be built to move forward. Whether they can get to that point or not, it really it depends on where Keegan Murray goes as a player, whether he wants to take this leap. And, mm-hmm. you know, again, the whole time, Domana Sabonis is going to be battling in the post and doing all that. Mm-hmm. But I'm more concerned about that aspect right there. If, if Fox doesn't play, that means that Jaden McDaniel slides over and defends Keegan Murray, and Keegan's going to have a rough night. He, yeah. he just is. I mean, that he's a, an exceptional defender, and he's he's got the length and athleticism to bother Keegan. Mm-hmm. Keegan's stronger than him, but the Kings don't use Keegan as a post player, so that doesn't really matter.
4: I think this is an important game for Keegan, though. Yeah. If Fox isn't out there, because the only way you're going to grow into that player is by having opportunities to do it mm-hmm. and recognizing the windows of when to do it. So even if even if Murray doesn't have a, a great game in that situation, I don't think it's necessarily going. Oh man, that's awful for him long term. Like that's what this is about. This is about development. This is about learning. Yeah. And learning comes with those setbacks, with those mistakes. So I'm not. That's 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 the. Weird thing to 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 borrow a phrase. That's the two timeline thing with Keegan. There's there's this year. There's right now, today, tonight, Mm -hmm. and the Kings needing to get wins. That is the West is not in a place where you can go. Yeah, if he loses one, it's fine. Like that's just that's that's not where they're at in the standings, and that's not where the West is ever going to be at at any point this year. But long term, I don't think there's any major issue. I'm not going to come in here tomorrow if Keegan Murray gets guarded by Jada McDaniels and has a, has a tough night. Yeah. And go, I mean, I just don't see it. No. so, No, I don't think so either. And the two timeline
2: thing, you bring it up. Like, look, I think that I, I'm... i I
4: hate that that's become like a joke. No, but... Because it's a valuable, like a useful thing.
2: Yeah, but I'm of the opinion that this is a moment where the Kings have to, have to combine the two timelines. Mm-hmm. Like they have to have Keegan Murray be that player and they have to be that team at the mm-hmm. same time. Mm-hmm. We're, we're not looking at three years down the road. Mm-hmm. Keegan Murray came out as a 22 year old, 21 going on 22. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he's not a baby. Yeah. He needs to be treated with, you know, mm-hmm. the idea that he's a year and a half in and he knows the game and it's time for him to start playing up to the potential. Mm-hmm. And that's doesn't mean every night, but, it does mean that he needs to start being that player and showing us that that's who that's who he's going to be. Yeah, totally. And if he can't get there, that's a fair point. That's okay, but that just means that you need to adjust accordingly during the off and over the next couple of years as you you're building out your team. I do think he is that player, though.
4: Yeah, yeah. I I I think he gets there too. I want to remind you, coming up Saturday, eleven fifteen a.m. Get your get your notebook out and start paying attention to college basketball because you're going to be in a bracket. Even if you think you're not, you're going to have one at work, there's going to be a family one, some friend's going to hit you up, you're going to be in a bracket, you're going to want to know, and uh, we're going to help you out right here on ESPN 1320. At 1115 on Saturday, we've got number 5 Marquette at number 12 Creighton, and then at 5 o'clock, non-college edition, we've got Nuggets at Lakers. Um, We are going to be your home for the NBA basketball, the play-ins, playoffs, and the finals, and again, that's 5 p.m. on Saturday, Nuggets at Lakers, and then Sunday... At 9.30 a.m., it is Sixers at Mavs. Mm. We will have more Kings Timberwolves for you, though, right here on this radio station. How do they get a win? How do they avoid losing three in a row? And uh, can they avoid losing three in a row? Because I tell you, this feels like one of those games that I'm going in going, don't don't love this spot for the Kings.
2: I agree 100%. Yeah. All right.
4: We'll, uh, we'll talk about that in a uh, in a bit. Let's talk about the standings, though, as okay. we reset her. Um The Kings got uh, not not a ton of help last night. The Warriors and Lakers both won. They're now lurking. The Warriors are 10, Lakers 9. The Kings two games up on Golden State, and I think a game and a half on the Lakers? Or is it two and a half on Golden State and two on the Lakers? Something like that. They're two games up on the Lakers. So they're two up on the Lakers, which I, mean, thanks to, which I think means they're two and a half up on Golden State. And while we continue looking ahead, that's a factor here because the Lakers are all of a sudden starting to win. The like,
2: Lakers, the Lakers are a game and a half behind the Kings. Game and a half behind the Kings, and the, and the Warriors two back. And the Warriors are two back, and the Kings are uh, the Lakers are tied with the Kings in the win column.
4: Man, yeah. Not to mention the Lakers have won seven out of their last ten. They just had a massive comeback at home. Well, like on the road against the Clippers. On the road against. D'Angelo Russell hitting a huge three and turning around and shushing a crowd that's all cheering for him. Like, bro, come on. (laughs) Read the room. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, They just had that huge comeback win, and they've won seven of their last 10. Golden State went into New York last night and beat the Knicks one. How did I not have the score here? I think it was one ten ninety nine. I think, was the final. Okay. In that one. And the Warriors have now quietly won eight of their last ten, and that's that's where I don't. So here's the I don't think the Kings are necessarily in danger of falling out of the play in. The Jazz are going the wrong direction, and they are the next closest team. They're what it, seven back of the Kings?
2: Yeah, that's where you start Five to back? yeah. They're seven back, and the the Rockets are I don't know, eight and a half back. Yeah, yeah. So look, you're gonna be a play in team yeah. no matter what, yeah. but the question. I don't think that anyone was comfortable asking before was, are you going to be a team that has to play on the road in the play-in? Mm-hmm. Are you a team that isn't playing for the 7-8 seed? Because, you know, of course, in the play-in, the 7-8 play, mm-hmm. and if whoever wins that game is a 7. Mm-hmm. And then the 9-10 and 10 play, and whoever wins that game plays the loser of the 7-8 game. And what you don't want to do is be, the, be a team who, A, plays on the road, and B, has to beat two teams to get into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And, and one of those teams could be Golden State Warriors. One of them could be the Los Angeles Lakers. And mm-hmm. if anyone out there thinks that you're going to get a truly fair shake in one of those games, you're going to have to win that game. Handily. Handily. You're, handly. Going, handly. you're yes. going to have to defeat them mm-hmm. because that's a league. Mm-hmm. And number one, Steph is going to dominate and take over. Or what we saw from LeBron James, 19 points in the fourth quarter against Against Kawhi Leonard and the Clippers. Yeah. Like, that's no joke. When that guy wants to make the playoffs and wants to win a play-in game, you're in some trouble. Yes. So.
4: Even at 39 years old.
2: Yeah. The Kings have to figure things out. And uh, we talked about this five-game set here a lot. hmm And this five-game set, like, you know, we thought, hey, if you could go three and two, it'd be great. But there's a good chance that you're going to go two and three on this set. Mm -hmm. right they win the first two games you get a little like hey look they, they might have something here yeah and all of a sudden you drop two now this becomes a really pivotal game after this the schedule does lighten up and the kings have like 10 games uh coming up where they got a good shot right and they might be able to build something here but if they have no momentum and we're starting to see some cracks in this thing then i don't even know like scoreboard watching matters as much because yeah. this team just might not be good enough to to make it, or might not be able to hold it uh, be able to hold it together. You know, we saw the the comments from Kevin Herter after the game the other night. Uh you know, not great. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I get it. A player wants to play, but you also have to look at the the game and how I a player played. The reality, and, yeah, yeah, and I, and I mean, he finishes with like eighteen minutes, and if if they were competitive at all, he would have played twelve minutes in the fourth quarter, or or, or ten minutes in the fourth quarter,
4: right. But they weren't Kyle, and they were a minus twenty in his eighteen minutes. Yeah, and then it got worse. It wasn't like he was tearing it up, and they left him on the bench while yeah. the while they got cooked. Like that, <laughs> that wasn't the case at all. Yeah, that'll yeah. be interesting to see how he re- responds tonight.
2: No, I totally agree, but it plays into this larger question about can the Kings fend off the Lakers and the Warriors, and and can they can they find a way to move up above Dallas? You got two more games against Dallas. That's where you can really start to, you know, try to get out of the seven eight and get into that next step, which is the the five six. And mm-hmm. you know, you're only a game a game behind the Pelicans for uh, for six. right. It's you,
4: not like super dire. Yeah, looking ahead, that that's not that that's a little bit where my point with bringing up the Warriors and the Lakers is not like, wow, the Kings are gonna fall back. Look at this. Yeah, it's just. Hey, we've been looking so far ahead that very quietly, as the Kings have scuffled a little bit here, you have these two teams that were behind them that are now playing really well, and now that's just another thing we have to worry about. While also continuing, how are the Mavs doing? How are the Pels doing? How are the Suns doing? Exactly, because they're right there.
2: Yeah, this is it's becoming a it was a group of four, and it and it's all of a sudden like table for six, Mm -hmm. and that's a little uncomfortable. That should be really if you're the Kings. That should be really, really uncomfortable. That um, all of a sudden that that group that was separated by, mm-hmm. you know, was like your group, and then another group that was three or four games back, now five through ten is separated by three and a half games. Yeah, and that's crazy.
4: But at the same time, not to just to kind of zoom out, mm-hmm. they're also and you mentioned this five game stretch where we're going. You got to go. You got to go three and two, but. Immediately after this stretch, things lighten up a lot. yeah, a lot for Sacramento. And they're in a place standings wise where if you go win six, seven in a row, not even asking for a crazy long win streak, but put together six, seven wins in a row against not top end competition, and all of a sudden you're very firmly in that spot where maybe you're not maybe you're not up at the the four or the five, but like comfortably in four or five, but you're comfortably clear of the bottom of the play in. Yes. And potentially comfortably clear of the the play-in entirely with 15 games to go.
2: Yeah, that should be the key and I mean we keep bringing this up but making the playoffs is a big deal. And so the way that standings go is if you make if the Kings make the play-in but lose, they become a lottery team and they keep their pick,
4: which is bad,
2: which is very bad. Yes. This is not a good draft, but it also ties up your 2025, 26, and 27 picks again. Mm-hmm. And now you're you are worried about what that means, what you can trade this offseason. Uh, but if they, let's say they make the play on, but they lose in the play-in, that's what happens. You become a lottery team. So that's where the standings are kind of weird. If a team comes up through the play-in and becomes like last year, like the Lakers, were, they become an eight seed, but we're not the eight seed going in, and they actually earned their way into the play-in. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Miami Heat, right? Miami Heat were like a nine seed. They had to play the nine. They had to play both play-in games. They, oh no, no, they were a seven-eight. They lost uh, to at, Atlanta, and then had to play the the nine-ten. If they would have lost again, they're out, and they become a lottery team. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this is a it's a big deal because it really does gum up all of your future your future draft picks and stuff. And it's
4: counterintuitive, right? Because typically you're, you're like you want to keep your pick. Yeah. But for the Kings, if they if the pick conveys this year if they make the playoffs, the Hawks get the Kings' pick. Mm-hmm. So the Kings don't have a first rounder this year. But it allows them to then trade 25, 26, 27. Yeah, so
2: if you give away your 2024, right. you have no Uh, picks owed going forward yes so starting on july 1st you have your 2025 your 2026 27 28 29 30 and 31 you have access seven years to seven years worth of picks you can trade every other pick which means you would have access to at least four picks and then pick swaps and other things so this comes into play if there becomes a, a really good star player Yes, and you want to go out and trade for that star player. It also like you don't want to take a step back if you're building something here as a franchise. Yeah, you don't want to run it back and have run it back mean you went out there and you regressed and you didn't make the playoffs.
4: That'd be really tough. Yeah, that'd be re- i. I would still be. I, I would still be like, you. It, <laughs> Even if that happens you're you're still sitting here with a foundation of Deonic bonus De'Aaron Fox and conceivably Keegan Murray mm-hmm. and that's a good okay, that's a good starting point. but now all of a sudden, if it's if you're looking at the end of this year and you're going that's it, there needs to be an entire roster put around this group. yeah, that's where it gets really dicey because now you're not a hey, a move or two away and we're 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 in their championship contender now it's like, hey, we're four or five moves away. And you've got Demona Sabonis and De'Aaron Fox entering their late twenties. Yeah, and that's where the timelines start to kind of. The, you, now you're up against the clock. So making the playoffs this year is just massive from so many different <laughs> perspectives.
2: No, I, I totally agree. And like the the problem yeah. is if you're out on the open market and you're trying to make a deal, and the players you're trading are, let's just say, you know, again, you're big money players that you that we've seen. That were, you know, bayoneted about all during this mm-hmm. this last trade deadline. Kevin Herter, uh, you know, Harrison Barnes, right. like we'll start to get into the Chris Duarte contracts and the and the uh Davion Mitchell contracts and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But but if you can't package that stuff that you're trading with anything other than maybe a twenty twenty seven pick. So we might be able to offer you something like three years from now. Mm-hmm that's not a lot to offer. You got what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, uh, teams look around the league would go, okay, you know, I want a 27, I want a 29, I want a 31 mm-hmm. if they're going to make some big deal, right? Right. But then you start competing against other teams, say the Oklahoma City Thunder, who has a war chest, and now we start running into the problem that they can offer a 25, 26, 27 pick yeah. that you can't offer. Yeah. And that's that becomes a problem.
4: Yeah, no doubt. Not having, a, it would be, Man, what a disaster that would be.
2: Yeah.
4: I'm trying to... So so if they miss the playoffs, we're going into this offseason going, okay, so they have a pick in, a, in what's supposedly a bad draft. They... They... um, You might be able to find trade, a player. But go ahead. But they can't trade their future picks now. 25, 26,
2: uh, and 27. You can put in a clause that says, like, if the 25... 25- Pick conveys and they get the twenty-seven pick. If not sure. though, it's but a twenty eight.
4: But you just mentioned like Oklahoma City. Oh yeah. And if you're put if you're bidding against teams going like, hey, we have this pick, maybe. Maybe <laughs> that's yeah. not that's not a, gonna be a super strong argument. And on top of that, you would need a you would conceivably need a bigger overhaul of your roster, having just missed the playoffs. Yes. Here's with he- this is why no I, mechanisms to do it
2: <laughs> exactly, and this is why I always bring these up too. Like people forget, in two thousand and eleven, the the Kings traded a they traded Omri Caspi and a future lottery pr- protected pick for JJ Hickson. JJ Hickson was a complete disaster. The Kings waived a him. Total mess. He was a total mess. Like there was everything. He came in. And like, he was young, he, he was uh, still super athletic, but you know, we're talking about a 23 year old. You thought you were getting your long-term power forward fix. And he was not happy at all because he had played on a Cavs team that made it to the finals. And, uh, and so they got catered everything and like, he just like, wasn't happy at all. But like first interview I ever did with JJ Hickson, like the night he was traded to Sacramento, he started talking to the third person and it was like, oh boy, here we go.
4: That, I don't that, know if there's a bigger red flag for me. It was like, oh well,
2: like, hey, JJ, what have you been working on during the off season? Well, JJ Hickson has been working on a, a followaway jumper, uh, you know, and he just started kept late, like telling me how many different jumpers, and I thought I was listening to like Bubba lifts list off shrimp, and I was sitting here like, oh no. Why have you been working all the all these jumpers when you're the guy who is super athletic and should be finishing at the rim? Yeah. Like where is your post move? Where like all of these things, you know, a jump stop and a fall away and it's like but no oh, no. The point, the reason I bring up JJ Hickson in this conversation really quickly is that the Kings traded a lottery protected pick that year for JJ Hickson. You know you want to know when that pick uh relayed please 2017. The, oh, no. the pick that should, that that is De'Aaron Fox, when the Kings traded in 2016 17, they traded to Marcus Cousins right. right at the deadline and they fell out of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. That pick, the Kings were in the playoff picture. It was a top 10 protected pick from the J.J. Hickson trade in 2011. And My every year, God. the Kings had not relayed the pick. When. They traded DeMarcus. They fell out of the playoffs and moved up to the eight spot. That first round pick actually became two seconds and dissolved, and they got two seconds, right?
4: Oh, my God. The
2: Kings got De'Aaron Fox because they had the eight pick, moved up to number three, but they had a stupid pick swap and dropped to number five, which is where they got Fox. All of that was from the J.J. Hickson trade. If they wouldn't have traded Marcus, <laughs> they wouldn't have got De'Aaron Fox straight up. Straight up they would not have gotten De'Aaron Fox. they were a playoff team and certainly not a bottom. Yeah, but they 10. would have
4: made the playoffs.
2: Well, maybe they could have also <laughs> missed the playoffs and not had the but pick. It would have been top ten. And oh no. You remember in the DeMarcus trade, they picked up New Orleans pick, which ends up being the tenth pick, which they traded for fifteen and twenty, oh, where they drafted Justin Jackson and Harry Giles. Oh. That's why oh, all man. of these things matter, Kyle when you put them in historical perspective and you look at all these things that have happened in the past, that's why the 2024 pick relaying, it does matter.
4: All right, we're really up against it. Uh, Victor Weminyama went nuts last night. What does that mean for the Oklahoma City Thunder, though? And what does that mean potentially for the Kings? We'll tell you next on ESPN 1320.
3: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?